This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Welcome back to the Liebcast. We just want to tell you that we're so thrilled that the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate is underwriting this segment on explaining where the law is at with affirmative action in employment, reverse discrimination. Who cares about the white man anymore? This is the Liebcast. Oh, you're asking me to talk because I'm the man? I always think the man should go next. Oh. Isn't that what we're going on? <laughs> I'm going to defer to the lady in the room. Oh, well, the lady. Right Don't let the lady talk. I am the lady. I am a proud one, Roar. Um, we were just talking. What, what a roar, huh? Okay, Roar. <laughs> <laughs> sound like my my two-year-old son Ari who was he does do that <laughs> Ari roar <laughs> we taught him about magic errs Morty yes which is like when you're sitting and you know when your kids want you to go places so we taught him that if he wants to make you go, do something you know they're too weak so he pulls your hand he goes err err <laughs> magic err err and then you have to go wherever he wants it's really funny, and you have to go. Do you see the way he, I distracted he, her? She's now no off choice. point. He arned. Anyway, what we were talking about in the previous segment was that there is a law that's potentially going to get passed that has construction places having to hire women. and I was, Minorities, too. Minorities and women. And I was talking about one of our clients for sexual harassment training that has about 350 construction workers, and 348 of them are men. So I'm curious how that's going to affect that industry. Well, well correct me if I'm wrong, but the law doesn't say that they have to hire um, a diverse workforce. They're just taking steps to make it easier for them to do it. So we don't know. And the reason is it basically says to work in, in conjunction with the industrial commissioner to do this. So as we've discussed on the Liebcast many times before, statutes are aspirational generally. Like here's what we want to accomplish. Regulations have the nuts and bolts. Regulations are how the executive branch implements a law. And this is just the outset of it, but it got us thinking – because this gal, Deborah Cassins Weiss, wrote in the ABA journal about the fight between how they're doing on the ABA panels with CLEs, continuing legal education, how Florida's not acknowledging it. And then in the same time period, I've been hearing more and more. I have three contacts of mine. And just so you know, I know a million people on social media. But the people I actually talk to besides at work are probably three people <laughs> and three contacts of mine. Who's the other one other than the two in the room? Uh, the one at, that's listening right now saying, I thought we're <laughs> friends, Andrew. And so it's you. And so they all gave me examples that I didn't bring this topic up. But they brought it up. And because, you know, I'm a white guy, so I know a lot of white guys. And it, it's a frustration and you see it. All over. I think um, when you did Hillbillyology, I don't know if you read Hillbillyology, it was a movie too. It, it was an underlying sentiment that you would see in this type of stuff. Hillbillyology was a book about how hillbillies, why they voted in a certain way, and how when it was Hillary versus 
um, Trump. And it was just giving some explanation about how people see themselves in culture wars in America, and we have tribal politics. And it was one thing when we were talking about tribal politics of beliefs for policy. But what I'm interested in, and I think Morty's interested, and I know Lauren's interested in, is how does this affect your ability to earn a living? Like It's now went from how we're going to teach people in the schools, how we're going to treat people on the street, to what employers need to do. And so is it possible to be a white man today with what's happening? I just want to understand. Maybe today we're good, but five years from now, 10 years from now, is it possible to be a white man and get a job, get recruited for the job, get a promotion, or is it that the entire structure of society is hell-bent on helping minorities to the detriment of the white man? And we're talking about this based on what the state of the law is. We're, we're not the type of show like when you listen to like a Seth Rogen and all the – I wish I had his audience, but when you when you talk to these people, it's much more opinion stuff. What we're just going on is there's three main branches of government. We have the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. And we thought they were co-equal branches of government. And the judicial branch, as recently as 2009, had a major decision on this very issue. And they actually tackled this exact issue. And they talked about this exact issue. And they actually put out the exact law on this. And Morty and I, every single day, since when Hillary Clinton, I'm not talking Biden, when Hillary Clinton ran against Trump and this conversation started, every single day when we would see these affirmative action programs of employment, we would look at each other and be like, why aren't they getting sued? Why aren't they getting sued? Did anyone read the freaking decision? Like it was a U.S. Supreme Court decision. The case is called Richie v. DiStefano. De De say it for me. DiStefano. DiStefano. I can't even speak. And that case, Lauren, can't get any more traditional white man than this. A firefighter. A firefighter. A firefighter. Like, and we're talking about a firefighter. In the most, in the most, in the most possible northeastern city, you know what I'm saying? Like New Haven, Connecticut. Like, come on. <laughs> and so the whole thing in this case was they, at, and I'm just going to tell you what the case was about, and maybe this will affect your opinion. Maybe it won't, but this white, white firefighters and a Hispanic, actually, they sued under Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, and that's employment discrimination law. And basically, under the Civil Rights Act, it says it's unlawful if your boss, the employer, if they fail or refuse to hire or they discharge any individual or otherwise discriminate against any individual with respect to compensation, terms, conditions, privileges of employment, Basically, anything in your job because of your race, color, religion, sex, national origin. And by the way, there's many more characteristics that states and cities add to that. But basically, they say, back to what we were saying on the first hour, they go back to Griggs v. Duke Power Company, the prior U.S. Supreme Court case that said, the whole point of employment discrimination is let's hire people on job qualifications. Full stop. Job qualifications. 
Sorry, this just reminds me of a couple of years ago. You were teaching, you were hired by a company to do a lot of different trainings. And one of the biggest trainings that you offer was the sexual harassment training. And they didn't hire you for this because you weren't a woman. I'm telling you. No, it really happened. Yeah, you were actually discriminated against even though you have a master's in public health. You have an entire company that Wait, does How um, many years ago is this? this is it was about three years three. ago. So what happened, Morty? All is, right, we still have time to sue. So we have... We, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. But we have we have a sexual harassment training company, a digital on-demand training company. We do it in person for companies around the United States. We teach sexual harassment, discrimination. Any industry, we teach companies. But what Lauren's referring to is I also do compliance trainings for the real estate brokerage industry, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah, and you do the diversity trainings as well. And so I do well, I do the anti-discrimination and fair housing trainings. Mm-hmm. And that includes some diversity topics. But when it came to having a niche topic on sexual harassment, they would only hire a woman. As I said, I don't know what it's like to be sexually harassed. And I did explain to them that men get sexually harassed all the time because that's what the data says. You do now know what it's like to be discriminated because you're a man. So anyway, it doesn't matter. This happens to people. Every man can relate to this. Just like you could say to any woman, have you ever been sexually assaulted? Every woman has a story about how they felt like they were in a, I'm telling you, from my background in human sexuality, where they were in an uncomfortable position, where they felt that they were, right, Lauren? I think that for those that don't know what he means by his background in human sexuality, it was that he has a master's in it. Well, you said that. I have a master's yeah. in public health. I did sex research. I worked at the Kinsey Institute. I was a nobody at Kinsey. I always like to acknowledge that because there's amazing, smart, brilliant researchers. I was not one of them. I was their assistant. It's still a foundation. I taught human case. sexuality on the college level. Like I'm familiar with the topic. And just like... Every woman has a story about how she felt uncomfortable in a sexual position, sexual, like, I'm telling you guys, they all do. Just like that, every man now has an experience where he feels like the white man, where someone blocked him because he didn't get into Harvard because he's not Hispanic enough. He didn't get into Yale because he's not a female enough. He didn't get the job. So this case that I'm talking about, this Richie case from 2009, I was just breaking it down. What happened? Because it kind of tells the whole tale. So what happened was they were going to promote people to become captains, lieutenants. And they said, hey, let's have a test that we're going to do to be able to do this because we want to make it fair. And they go and they hire a company, Lauren. They paid $100,000 for the company to administer the test and design the test. It's funny you say that because I can offer that too. Yeah, we know you do that at your <laughs> compliance company, but that's not the point. And you're a woman. Yeah, it's true. Your test would be better. So they paid $100,000 to design and implement the test. And it was very important that they didn't just make this up in make-believe land. At every stage, this is what court says, Morty, in quotes, at every stage of the job analysis, the test company by deliberate choice, oversampled minority firefighters to ensure that the results which the test company would use to develop the examinations would not unintentionally favor white candidates. So they did, I'm going to speak like a public health person for a second, I'm, I'm sorry here. They did qualitative elicitation interviews, which means that they spoke to people, they did focus groups, they did ride-alongs, and they took down notes. Before they designed the test, they wanted to see what was out there. And you might be saying, well, I have experiences too, I do qualitative. Well, in this behavior change field, 
you do the qualitative to set up the quantitative. And what that means is the test starts off when you're making test questions, you start by asking, inquiring, learning, figuring out. They did ride-alongs with firefighters, see what everyone does. And then you do quantitative after. They did major test design. That's all you need to know. They spent $100,000 on it. They do the tests. However, on the captain exam, white people pass rate 64%. Blacks and Hispanics, 37.5%. On the lieutenant exam, white people pass rate 58.1%. Blacks, 31.6%. Hispanics, 20%. They go, oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. Shucks. We're going to get sued. They go, well, (laughs) you you say they're going to get sued. They actually got threatened to be sued. We're going to go that far. It wasn't their idea. The blacks and Hispanics said to them, your test, I'm going to use Morty's scary word from before, has a disparate impact. Now all the people just Yeah, when he says it, it's okay. No, it's not okay. Uh, A disparate impact on blacks and Hispanics. So Morty, instead of the womp womp, what does disparate impact mean in plain English? In plain English, it means that when you look at the statistics, the overwhelming majority of, in this case, the people that passed the tests were one race or one protected characteristic. And the overwhelming minority of people who did not pass the test, over the, sorry, the majority of the people were one cl- race or class and the and the overwhelming minority were, were different. Here's what the white race. person says back to you. So what? That's about qualifications. That's how we measure qualifications. Not our fault that other people are stupider than us. Well, th- so what, what would happen is if somebody comes forward and says that there's a disparate impact, meaning more whites were passing than blacks, then the employer has to come back and say, well – there was a business justification for this. Ah, so the question becomes next to Morty's point, just so we're clear on disparate impact is, yeah, we see the statistical difference. Your policy, your neutral policy, a test, who cares? It's a test. It favors one group over another in result. And then the employer gets to come back as Morty's saying and gets to say, it's not that the questions were worded in such a way to help the white people over the black people. And if they were worded in such a way, it wasn't white v. black. There was a business reason for the way it was worded because those are industry terms that we need to know. You can't call a hose something else because someone doesn't use the word hose. It's a hose on a fire truck hose. Isn't that basically what they say? That's exactly what they say. It's not a trampy woman. Those and, words exactly were in the decision. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But then, then in disparate impact, just to be clear, the person who's alleging the statistical and I can't even speak abor, abnormality, abnormality. I got it right. Abnormality. See, my words are. I'm trying to show I wouldn't pass the test. And the statistical abnormality. The person that had the statistical abnormality can say, "Yeah, that's true." But there's another test you could have given that would still satisfy your business needs that would have less of an adverse impact, a bad impact on these minorities. Is that true? That's how disparate impact works? Correct. 100%. So what happened in this situation is the city's in a trap. On one note, they got this test. It favors white people and results over black people. White people should become captains and lieutenants. Not black people. Not Hispanics. 
But then the black people and the Hispanics said, we're going to sue you because your test is flawed and you're favoring white people and you set it up with a self-fulfilling prophecy, so you just keep the whitey here. Right. And then if they cancel the test, then the whites who passed are going to be upset and potentially sue. So it seems to me, just so we're clear- so from if you do and damn if you don't. It seems to me, just so we're clear about this, that this extrapolates or we could take the concept from this, this concept, what is- the city do what does the city of new haven do they are trying at one note to have a qualification based approach based on their guidance from griggs from the u.s supreme court they want the best firefighters who would want a firefighter you run into a building with someone i don't care if you're a martian i want you to make sure i don't die in the fire isn't that what a firefighter is saying the best runner strength Knowledge base, skill, reaction, that's what I want in a firefighter. Just like you should want in any of your jobs. Don't you want the best person to be a coworker so you don't have to cover for them? Don't you want the best person who's going to bring in the most business on new development so you have enough business? Isn't that what they want? So they, that's what they want. But they found out that they got this trap and they got threatened. So you know what the city did? They canceled the test results and chose who to promote, and they made their own diverse workforce. They made their own diverse workforce, which I with thought- With no measurements? With no measurements. And I'm going to tell you what the U.S. Supreme Court said. We'll go over the rules in a little while, but just on to this point. The, here's a, a, a quote that the U.S. Supreme Court said when they were hearing this case. Even worse, an employer could disregard test results- or other employment practices with the intent of obtaining the employer's preferred racial balance. Isn't that what happened? That operation, operational principle could not be justified. I think that's a very important statement saying there. Employers out there, employees out there, New York City independent contractors out there, if the reason you don't get the job, if the reason you're not recruited if the reason you're not promoted is because that they're trying to have their preferred, it doesn't have to be race, it could be gender balance, religion balance, handicap disability balance. It could be any of the protected class, children balance, familial status. If the reason that you don't get the job or get promoted is because the employer has a vision of a diverse culture where we all hold hands, sing kumbaya, there's rainbows, there's butterflies, we're all in paradise. Because we all agreed previously for the purpose of this conversation that having the most diverse background of all the coworkers is the best for the job, society, the country. If they say we want to create this utopia, the U.S. Supreme Court as recently as 2009 said, Quotas can't be justified. The use of quotas out, Morty. Out, 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 out. But what is the rule? And the court went on. And this is what we should know moving forward, Lauren. You mentioned you could do the testing. Your company could do the testing. This is really going to wet your whistle. Listen to this one. Here we go. The only way they could have thrown out the test, this is what the court said, the only way you could throw out the test, which, by the way, would be discriminatory against the white people who had better scores on the test. The only way you can intentionally, overtly pick a diverse minority over a majority is, is there's only one way to do it, they said. 
and they called it the strong basis and evidence test. And what that means is you need a strong basis and evidence. I'm going to tell you what that means again, that you are not just going to be exposed to a lawsuit because your test ultimately favors white people over black people, but you're going to be liable in that lawsuit. And by the way, your strong basis and evidence, now I know I'm using big words, and I'm going to break them down, is based on quantitative metrics. In English, the only way you're able to have policies on hiring, promotions, that create a more diverse workforce, that are about DEI, that are about having a racial balance, you can't use quotas. But if you study this through the social sciences, and you show not just the result that white people did better than black people, but the actual test questions through the social sciences, through quantitative statistical significant abnormalities, showed that the test design itself created the secondary effect. That is the only way that you can justify favoring Minorities over minorities. They call that the strong basis and evidence test. And without that, I don't know how people are doing it this way. And I just want to loop back and I know I'm going on a big monologue and not, but I, I need to tell you, there's another case called United Steel Workers of America v. Weber. It was before that. And that says in recruiting, basically the same rules apply. You can't commit jobs to minorities. You can have goals they have to be aspirational, and they have to address traditionally closed minority areas. You have to be breaking down old patterns of segregation. And here's the most important one. It has to be temporary. You can't do a recruiting effort, even at a traditional black college, to have more black people be there permanently. You got to do it temporarily. because right, It you, has to be a response to something. It's got to be a response. You can't do it to maintain a racial balance. So Lauren, Lauren's like very upset right now because she thought she was about to become president because she's a woman that has, she's Jewish and she's Irish. She's got all these things going for her in this stuff. Lauren, I'm wondering right now how the industrial commissioner in New York state is going to write those policies. Remember we talked about that before? I'm wondering if they're going to have the social scientists come in. The problem that New Haven City did with the fire department is they didn't just hire someone for test design. They needed to hire someone to study each question on the test to ascertain if the question, the way it was written, had a probability of creating the result that it created, and then they would have been able to do something about it. So we're at a point in our society now where everyone, even us, we got a new studio. Even us, we got, is trying to have diversity equity, inclusion. They're trying to have a more diverse workforce. They're trying to have a betterment. We're trying to hold hands, sing kumbaya. We're trying to have a preferred balance of different people. But I think I answered my own question today on the Leapcast. The point of intervention is definitely not on the employment level if you don't want to get sued for reverse discrimination because only the biggest companies have the analytical capabilities to know at the very big start of it that they have a strong basis in evidence. And even then, you read that the person in charge of diversity at Google was discriminating too. This is the Liebcast. We'll see you next week. 
Find us on social media at Listen to Leap or visit listentoleap.com. 